This is Marvelous Rachel, and you're listening to the Heroes of Cosplay Sanctuary podcast. Welcome to the Heroes of Cosplay Sanctuary podcast. This is your host, Scotty B. My next guest is diverse and ambitious. Uh, her portrayal of characters is so accurate, it's hard to tell in some cases if she's inspired by the original or if they by her. She's said so many positive things about the community and body positivity, drawing and having a good relationship with yourself first as a starting point for a mindset as the basis for which she shares her builds, telling you to listen, support, and be kind, but also to set the example for her, with her many fantastic cosplays. Please welcome to the show, Marvelous Rachel. <laughs> Thank you so well, much for having me. Well, welcome, welcome. And um, you actually, um, before we get completely started here, you just had like a really amazing shoot um, I saw on your Instagram feed for um, Harlequin. And yeah, yeah. That, looked, that looked like a lot of fun. It looked like it really came out well too. Yeah, it was so much fun. The one thing that will be interesting whenever the photos come back, there was thousands of mosquitoes, like my legs, at least 50 bites. I'm not exaggerating, like actually at least 50 bites. Photographer, he's going to do one photo of the before edit and the after and put like pink highlighter of all the mosquitoes that get caught in the photo. (laughs) Um, I'm guessing that all of like the cars and buses that bodies of water just sit there after rain and that's just becoming like a mosquito infestation and breeding ground. But yeah, it was so you, cool. You were at a at a bus graveyard for the shoot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So good good theme for spooky season for sure. Oh yeah, perfect for <laughs> spooky season. And hopefully all the mosquitoes will be gone by then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well and you're a trooper too to to be able to go out into the elements and with everything going on and still put out an amazing shoot. Like the photo, yeah, like everything about so far looked great, and really just overall, like um, I was sent a few, and I, I won't lie, um, Michelle, Michelle and Reed, a friend of the show, sent me a couple of screenshots, and the the tailoring of some of the cosplays that you do is just fantastic, and I definitely I just wanted to have you on and share um, what you've done and you know how you got started with uh, just being so amazing at this. And this isn't necessarily a full-time thing for you. you I, I believe you're an engineer, um, if I'm yep. still just multi-talented. Would you like to share with us how you got into cosplay and how you became Marvelous Rachel? I actually got into cosplay kind of before it became as big as it is now. I started when I was in, I think, high school. Um, I had ordered it from eBay. My parents got it for me for my birthday. It was Shippuden Sakura. And I had, when I got to the convention, I was like, oh, where did you get this? They're like, I made it. I was like, oh, that was an option? <laughs> so I just had no idea that people could make it. And now I have like a Cricut and sewing machine. Kind of like when I went to college, I got to meet more cosplay friends. I took a step back from cosplay at the time due to just some negativity that happened in the community. And I just wasn't at the right mindset point to tackle that or really fully ignore it. And so I came back recently when I went to Dragon Con 2018. 
and I met some really amazing friends. It was so fun. Um, and so with that, people were like, oh, no, you should stay with it. And so that like extra support kind of really pushed me in. And I'm like neck deep in it now. I just dipped my toe for 2018. And now all I do is make cosplays and have lots of fun with everyone. Oh, and yeah. I couldn't think of a name. So I started Black Widow. So I was like, Marvel, Rachel, Marvelous Rachel. And so that's kind of how I came with that. Oh, and see, I, I thought it was just because all of the cosplays that you create are in fact, marvelous. <laughs> Thank you. Glad that you decided that it was something that you wanted to put your time into. And yes, the community can be a little bit weird sometimes. Um, but as I've said on other casts before, 99.9%, just very, very open and accepting and helpful. And really uh, part of the podcast is to try and keep it that way and send that message out into the community. So I do uh, appreciate that and appreciate you Um, coming back in uh, as of 2018 and now just um, really going crazy with um, just all the different things you do and just the the level of the detail has been the just what um, what drew me to to your feed and I know that you've also worked on cosplays for other people as a your your commissioned cosplayer you've created not just for yourself but for other people just amazing uh, costume and design and done a lot of work. I saw one, I think it was for Milan that you did mm-hmm. recently. That came out so well. Uh, what are you particularly proud of? What has been the most helpful advice that you've received so far since you've been creating cosplays? I think that Mulan one was actually my most proud commission. One, because we really don't have that many female leads in anything, let alone superheroes that have their own standalone movie. And they took a lot of the traditional Chinese cinematography, which I really appreciated. And so this is for like a little girl. And so I, was, I only really had two weeks to make it based on when I was given the time um, and the time of her talent show. So she was going to wear it. And so I sped, sped, sped and like sourced everything. And she was so happy to get it. But then literally they canceled it due to COVID. So it's so sad, but she was able to still enjoy and have fun and parents love it. And so she shows it off to all her friends. And so that was a very kind of proud moment for me because not only did she like get this nice costume for a character that she got to have that I didn't, was that she got to also meet me. So she's like, oh, the really cool Miss Rachel that made my costume. So it's giving more opportunities for people to look up to others that are similar diversities as them. Yes. And that's, I mean, that's fantastic. It's fantastic that you can uh, both be a role model and provide something of just such high quality for someone. I think that's great. And yes, um, definitely going with the, a very strong empowered female lead, because that is something that unfortunately um, with, with Marvel and with DC and with a lot of the fandoms really does tend to lean towards a male. There's just a lot of male-based characters. Uh, So it's great to see things kind of evening out and more attention being given there. I think it's it's fantastic that we see more with, um, you know, just um, a diverse range of of female characters being portrayed. Um, I can mention one of my favorites. I don't know if you could see the wall behind me, but Neon Future is one of my favorite comic books. And one of, one of my favorite characters in that comic book was based on um, Tom Bilyeu's wife, Lisa. Uh, she's uh, called Dee in the comic book, and she's amazing. She's just very cool, very cool character. And I hope they do a lot more episodes. 
awesome. Just, I need to check that out. Yes, Neon Future. Um, it's it's a very um, cool. You can Google it, or um, you can go to Impact Theory Comics. There's not a lot yet, um, but there's a ton of stuff coming. Like it's it's Tom Billy's passion. He loves he loves comic books, and he really has been doing a lot for the community. I think he knows where he wants to go with it. So I, I hope they, they keep it kind of like raw and very mm-hmm. futuristic. Like it's just um, Neon Future is a fun comic book for sure. And I think there's a lot of cosplays in there that would be kind of neat to see more of. Maybe maybe I'll get to working on one soon, but <laughs> Dr. Yeah, Pink. do it. <laughs> um, but you, um, you're actually also a brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. And that is for Escape Swimwear. Um, I did a little bit of research on Escape Swimwear. I think you put it best as far as how they work with their ambassadors and just what they, uh, the image that they portray uh, to the online community. Um, But would you like to talk about um, why you support the brand and what led you to them? So they actually found me. And always when I get a DM from one of those brands, they're like, oh, we want to work with you. Please DM us. Like I always immediately go to their Instagram, see what their most recent posts were. And they put in their main biography that they're for body positivity. A lot of um, companies claim that they actually do. I looked through their feed. They had a huge diverse amount of ambassadors. They actually put in their posts. They had BLM highlights and stories and said, many different ways that they can help support and for everyone else to support. And it's very important to me for a brand to have that, especially in the climate that we are now, you can't be quiet and you can't just post just a story and expect us to still support you as a company or brand. So Mm -hmm. that's what I really appreciate about them. And they're very quick to respond and they're very nice. Well, that's great. Um, I I like that they're they're a little bit more socially responsible that way. Mm -hmm. That sounds like um, a really good pick. And it looks like um, a pretty good pairing, a good team up. Um, you seem to to enjoy the product line, and yeah, they they really do a good job. I guess we'll we'll have show notes, or we'll have notes in the show, or when you check out the podcast, you can click on that and see more about what they are about, and certainly, of course, to support Rachel. You are also. Um, someone who supports body positivity, which I very much appreciate. And you you do, I guess the word that I'm looking for is um, you you do try to find importance with uh, fitness and with, with nutrition and, and things that um, I guess we tend to forget about when we're cosplaying. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess my, uh, it's, it's hard to go to a con and find um, just food that's super healthy. It's, it's also hard to find, you know, decent gym equipment. And, you know, if you're really working on a lot of projects and you have a full-time job, like it's just a lot to balance. Would you like to talk about your relationship with fitness and what body positivity means to you for the cosplay community? Yeah. So my relationship with fitness is definitely group oriented. So my like Dragon Con, like fitness crew, which is a bunch of us like cosplayers and photographers, um, we kind of hold each other accountable. And I also have a Peloton, which has a great community that you can like ride with. And I even run with my dog. So it's really nice to have kind of that social aspect. So that's kind of what's really helped me with my fitness, because not only am I helping myself work out, I'm helping 
kind of someone else. So it's kind of that like teamwork building thing that I kind of feel with it. And also that slight competitive edge. And then as far as like the cosplay community, I'm very into that. It's doesn't matter what like size, color, whatever you are, um, you can cosplay whoever you want and whatever mood you are. If you want to get fit for a character to look a certain way, do that 100% support you. If you're fine just wearing it as you are now, that's also awesome. So it's just kind of like whatever you want to do. And as long as you're practicing healthy habits, like at conventions, I I honestly have done it before. I was like dieting super hard for like two weeks. And then I get to the convention and I see a pizza and, like, mm. and then I overeat a little bit. So that's okay every now and then. Um, but as long as you are practicing healthy habits and don't dehydrate yourself for a shoot, it's, it's, it's about fun. Don't dehydrate yourself, which I've heard some people recommend to me before. Please don't do that. Yeah, um, I think we all forget that, you know, we need water when we're when we're at conventions. Like it gets to be kind of a long day. And even if you are just inside, um, staying hydrated is really important. And mm -hmm. yeah, definitely when you're at a shoot, the, the tendency is to like not eat or drink anything. And maybe there's some nerves involved with that because mm -hmm. it is it is hard to be in front of the camera and be on for as long as you have to be and you know like there's a lot of there's just a lot of things like you said earlier um there's a lot of environmental things going on too that can really just i mean it's just a lot going on it's hard to do shoots <laughs> for sure mm -hmm. definitely sometimes you just forget to eat and drink water so it's always nice to have friends that bring it i always carry at conventions a bunch of snacks in my bag and like small waters and a lot of times photographers will forget because they they pick their spot and then they never leave so i was like you want you want a granola bar and like bless you watch out for your friends too even if you don't eat the snacks you can you can always bring something for everyone else it's that's a really nice thing it's a nice gesture um, especially when you know and you you learn as you go cosplayers are um, just a really like they they really tough a lot of things out like the costumes aren't always comfortable the shoes are not always comfortable the wigs itch it's just a lot and it's for a long it's you know it could be six six hours eight hours ten hours depending on if they're just walking around the con or if they have a lot of changes or if they are actually at a booth you know there's a lot of different things going on <laughs> with cosplay you just don't mm -hmm. think about when you're just like can you have a picture with me uh you know just the things that happen segueing into something completely different I would be very interested and i know you posted about this a while ago about going to thailand and um, i think that's super cool i've never really gone i haven't really traveled i, I was to costa rica once but going to either south korea or Philippines or Japan would really be something that I want to do um, at some point. Um, but would you would you like to talk about your trip there and your experiences? Has it inspired you since you've been there, cosplay or otherwise? <laughs> yeah, so I've actually been to Thailand twice. Um, I get to travel internationally for work, thankfully. Often, well, before. <laughs> um, so I would usually just like add another country on or visit my family in South Korea. And my first trip, I got to do a cool yacht tour. And so they took you to islands and scuba diving. It was just so beautiful. They also had a monkey island. And it was just an island full of monkeys. And they got all of their food just from the tourists that came and fed them like watermelon and pineapples. And they would like, jump on you. And it was so cute. A baby monkey got on me. It was so tiny. But they're also kind of scary. So I just stayed stiff. If a monkey thought you were trying to take food away from it, it'll bite you to make you drop the food. 
So it was like a terrifying and very happy situation <laughs> holding the monkey. And then like the second time I went, I went to go visit a cosplay friend over there. And so we got to go eat a lot of cool food and we went to this seven level waterfall hike and it's the best hike I've ever done in my life. They have seven waterfalls and the very top peak has a little pool and they have these doctor fish in it and they like eat the dead skin off of your feet, which depending on the person, it might just feel like someone tickling you or feel like nothing. I felt like someone was trying to like eat me and tickle my feet to death. So I wasn't that into it. <laughs> so I tried to swim away very fast every time the fish got near me, but it was so blue and beautiful. It looked like something from a movie. So I highly recommend going to Thailand for those waterfalls. It's called Erawan Waterfalls. Um, it's like elephant ear. I highly recommend South Korea and Tokyo Disney if you make it to Japan. Have you been to South Korea too? Yes, I've been there many times. Um, most of my family actually still lives there. So I go almost every year. Oh, where uh, do they live in Seoul or? They no, in... they live in like Kuntan, so it's um, a couple hours south of Seoul. But I studied abroad and stayed in Seoul for like the summer and did all of that. It was fun. Did you ever go to Jeju Island while you were there? No, I was like, I'll do it next time. I'll do it next time. So this is also a lesson to never just be, there'll be a next time. <laughs> so I really regret not going, but still have oh, many honestly, years to go. I just, I just want to go so I can try the food. Any like just there's so many just like different little places just out of the way, mm -hmm. not not necessarily street food, but um, if you you know you just like kind of go into like little places like there's just like corridors and you find mm -hmm. just out of the way um, and the kinds of food that they make, uh, Korean barbecue and, and everything else just looks so amazing and mm, I mean and it all is. That, and <laughs> everything is built up so high, um, you know, if you're just looking at the street level, um, you're going to miss a lot. And, you know, mm -hmm. so you have to like pay attention to like everything that's going on, you know, um, as you travel up a building, because you could find like just these amazing um, places tucked away inside the city. So, yeah, there's like, there are department stores, like, you know how we have malls that are three floors, theirs are like 24 floors. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, um, yeah. Just the the culture is amazing. That's just I could I could probably talk about South Korea all day. I <laughs> um, still haven't quite gotten where I want with the language. So. Um, oh, are you learning I, it? I was. Um, I have I have Rocket Languages on my phone, and I have um, I have a lot of Korean. Like I have all the things that I all the tools are there for me. Um, and I was making flashcards. I have a bunch of them, uh, so that I could. I could finally learn like just flat out. So I got I got through the alphabet okay and like I understand like I can I understand like the kind of how to write it. Like it's just so straightforward to understand like how they came up with the language. Mm -hmm. I guess and that's um that's the best part for me is like oh you know it's almost phonetic. Like you there's a lot less um like all the different nuances of English for example where you have like three different twos and mm -hmm. uh, you know like uh, through and thorough and all of those like little tongue twister things like really just right there for you <laughs> if you look at the words it's just like oh that's how it's pronounced okay and if it's with yeah you, it was okay. actually invented because a lot of the people in korea didn't know how to read and write um the original language so the king was like no we're gonna make it easier so everyone can be able to read and write 
So that's why that's the new phonetic one. And all the vowels are the shape your tongue makes for the sound like ah, eh, e, o, u. It's kind of based on where your tongue is. So then they were able to picture this character as they like made the sound. So it's like the most scientific language in the world, I think, is what the fact is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I um, he has his own day too. I mm -hmm. You have you have language day or or I, well, that's a bad translation, but it it is uh, kind of a celebration of just the the Korean written language. But I think so. There's so many holidays. <laughs> yes, and um, kind of switching over, still in the um, in the same area of the world, but certainly different. Uh, different nationality completely, but you've met uh, Ming Na Wen at C2E2, um, if I'm correct in saying so. And it was the most amazing experience. <laughs> yes, you, you got to meet the cavalry. That's very cool. Um, was that in uh, Was that in 2019 or was it 20? Yeah, 2019. 2019. Yeah, 2019. Um, so we were both. I think we were both in Chicago at C2E2 um, ah. once upon a time. Because yeah, that was it was the year that both Ming Na Wen and um, Greg Clark or Clark Greg were there. Mm -hmm. So you got to meet her. Yeah, talk about um, just talk about the experience and how how did C2E2 compare to a con like Dragon Con? Yeah, so meeting her was really amazing. Um, she took a, I was Agent May when I met her. What's also funny is the only photo I have of that cosplay is the one that she took. <laughs> and so she took a picture of it and posted it on her story and I screenshotted it. So that's how I have that. That's the only photo I have. And I want to keep that as like, yes, this is my only photo of this cosplay. <laughs> so that was really nice to get kind of that acknowledgement directly from her and kind of like that praise of all this top stitching I did on the vest. And she gave like all the people that cosplayed her these little cute um, crossbody um, fanny packs that say Agents of Shield on it, and she gave, put an autograph on it. And it was it was a very nice um, gift and gesture, and just like a nice like token of us meeting. Wow. So it was it was probably the best celebrity experience I've had. Um, so I just absolutely love her, and she has like so many a great social media presence with like her main account and her whenever by now when where she like helps people with like cooking and just like body positivity and the fitness stuff that she does herself. So she's a very big role model for me. Yes, I, I went looking for um, the apparel because she had hats and she had t-shirts for whenever, but it is, it's very cool what she does inside and outside of, of her celebrity. And she's just super nice. And she's like, I mean, I remember her from being in Street Fighter uh, once upon a time, but when she was on Marvel, like that was kind of the whole reason why I kept watching Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because mm -hmm. she was just so awesome as Agent May. Like it just, and all the, um, like how the character develops over time too. Mm -hmm. We, we um, unfortunately we did, we did not get to meet her while we were there. We were, going, we were just thinking, oh, well, maybe she'll come back or maybe we'll see her at a different con or something like that. And then COVID hits and that I didn't make that choice. I went to see Summer oh. Blau. I went to see David Tennant. Um, and that was really when we started to run out of money. So we didn't, yep. <laughs> um, we didn't get to the others, but that's, um, that's just such, that's very cool. It's such a, it's really nice, especially when uh, the person that you're meeting is very appreciative, acknowledges what, you've, what, you're, um, what you're showing for your fandom. Yeah, it definitely is. Oh, and then um, C2E2 compared to Dragon Con. What's funny is Dragon Con, I thought was 
how all conventions were. So when I went to C2E2, they're like, oh, the con is closing. I was like, wait, what, what do you mean the con is closing? <laughs> so it was a very different experience, but it was very fun. And I loved being able to be kind of like deeper into the companies that make all the things that we love, seeing the like giant dragon that was over everything. And it was just such a different experience of a vendor hall. It was really cool. And it kind of also helped prepare me for New York Comic Con, which I also went to that year. Wow. How'd you like that? It was very fun. It was it was very stimulating, but I was, I was kind of mentally prepared for that because that's what a lot of people had told me, like, it's a lot going on. Just take a break. Um, go, like, sit somewhere if you feel like getting a bit anxious or it's too much. And that helps a lot. So I was very good about drinking water at that con. And there was, like, a cool hallway where all the cosplayers were. And they had a cosplay central. And it was very cool. New York Comic Con, actually, Amazon Prime was there. And they took a lot of photos of, like, our boys' cosplay. And it was really awesome to see kind of their acknowledgement and like praise over it and they shared it with all the actors from the show and then they shared it it's really awesome to connect with them that way was um was that the one that you went as kimiko for it was so that was season one kimiko i'm wearing season two right now (laughs) so i'm gonna do some photos and videos after this because that episode aired friday oh okay yeah I, i still have a couple to catch up on for the newest season but I saw your I saw your Kimiko and we were just like, that's amazing. Like it's so good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Every aspect of the character is there. Yes, I think. Like just just check check out <laughs> check out Marvel's Rachel on Instagram, everyone, and just just look through. Uh, she does you just yes, you're right here. You do <laughs> you do such an amazing job <laughs> on all your cosplays, like just getting into the character. Um, there's just like a really like a strong feel to everyone that you portray with with your characterizations and with your cosplays. So uh, just moving on to um, uh, talking about artists and art, um, Ji Hyung Lee, he's just he's super amazing, amazing artist, hands down. Uh, you created a cosplay based on his character, Luna Snow. Really, what drew you to that character and specifically for him and what were some of the challenges and the expectations that went into putting that cosplay together? So what really drew me to Luna Snow was that she was Korean, which we don't have many like Korean characters in general, and also that she was a K-pop star, which I also really like K-pop. And she's basically Todoroki as a K-pop star because um, she has like the half ice and then half the, um, I don't remember what the other parts, but like a plasma of some sort. So I kind of liked that kind of dual power thing. So I looked look at all of her art. Like this is such like a cute and cool look. And she had a song just like KDA, which I really enjoyed. So I was like, I need to do this cosplay. The hardest part for me for that was the wig. I've never done a two-tone wig. And the way that her hair was, I wasn't really able to buy kind of just a Cruella DeVille one. So I tried like hand dyeing it. And then it was trying of hard to get it to set a certain way, but I was on a time crunch. Also, my recommendation is to not do time crunch. I say that and I'll, I'll always do it. Um, so kind of like the black blood a little bit, so I had to always hide it during like the shoot. For that one, I'll definitely just need to commission that one next time I wear it and work on my own strengths and help someone else's strengths that does the wig making with that. And also thankfully for that, 
cosplay, my friend LB Cosplay was actually asking people what new designs can he make for commissions. Pick, please pick Luna Snow. Luna Snow. So he looked at all the different ones that people suggested and he made a Luna Snow one that was able, available for purchase. And so I was able to get that, put put it on a suit for Zentai um, and then get that. And it was the easiest cosplay to wear. So really, I mean, aside from the wig, it was um, a really positive experience to put everything together. It was like getting to work with my friend and also have a cosplay that wasn't as recognized. But when when that person did recognize it, it was kind of that just that um, extra like cherry on top, chocolate sprinkles everything. Um, <laughs> because it's a very um, small character. So whenever someone does like recognize it, like, hey, Luna, it's like, you know who I am. So it's always such a fun experience to have that. Those are the good times, the good moments um, when you do work so hard on something and it, it isn't necessarily a mainstream character like Black Widow or Captain America. And when someone gets it, like, yeah, you just feel that much better <laughs> about, about what you put together. It's, that's very cool. And it was just, it was a really, um, I mean, they're all fantastic, but I wanted to draw some attention to that one because it really just looked, looked fantastic and uh, just the the amount of thought and um, the reason behind it was really why I, I thought it really just stood out. You say yourself to listen, support, and be kind, which I think is very important to the cosplay community in general. Would you like to talk about what this means for you? If that's something that you do find that really cosplay, I mean, everyone should probably think about these sorts of things or what do you want people to know about that? As you just never know what people are going through. Like with Chadwick Boseman recently, no one knew what he was going through. And some people made fun of him for looking so skinny. And he that could have been his time to come out and be like, you guys are mean. I have cancer. So but he didn't. He kept everything to himself still and you just never know what anyone's going through. Like really listen, like actively listen, because there's where you can just like hear what someone's saying. But if you actively listen and really care to understand what they're saying and behind it, you'll learn a lot more and everyone could use support and it costs zero energy to be kind. I just don't understand why some people choose to say mean or critical things that are unasked for it's easy to be nice and make someone's day. I personally, like a lot of people think kind of I have everything together and that, you know, lots of praise and everything, but I go through a lot of like anxiety and depression kind of stuff too. Like even with all the body positivity, I'm always kind of like my own worst critic. A lot of my cosplays, I'm like, oh no, this is, this is awful. Please don't look at it. Or like trying to like hide certain things. Um, everyone has those ups and downs and so, it's always best to be kind, especially if you point out something that someone was already anxious about. It can just ruin the whole cosplay or even convention for them. Yeah, and you really, you never know what people are going through and everybody deals with things differently. So, you know, one guy might, you know, have his car totaled and he's fine. The other guy could, you know, that could do it. Or, you know, maybe um, he, he missed a TV show and he's really he's just not happy about that. You just, you don't know, like, mm -hmm. and everybody processes everything differently. And really for me, I mean, yes, listen, support, be kind, very easy to do. Like you said, it's, it's zero effort to try and be positive for people. 
instead of trying to, if you're not having a good day, well, then everyone should have a bad day, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Not what I would advocate for. I mean, I don't know anybody who does advocate for that. Like, yes, let's all be mean to each other. No, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe in New York, I don't know. But <laughs> I think that's what the community is all, it's what it, it should be about is we're there to support fandoms and we're there to support each other and what we're doing in the space. So yeah, so thank you for um, for using your powers for good, Rachel. Thank you. I try. <laughs> it's positivity is contagious, and so it's it's me, it's my friend, it's you, all of us just kind of bounce one another and make it even greater. Well, my last question for you is um, really uh, something that is more reflective than anything. What do you feel cosplay impacts within yourself? I think cosplay impacts kind of the creative aspect of myself. My day-to-day job is pretty much mostly on a laptop and I really like to create things with my hands and kind of go with different new designs, build props and just make something new and have that kind of immediate goal. Cause you can make a cosplay and see it within a month typically or less if you're time crunching (laughs) you just don't see that with some like work projects sometimes that can take years so it's really nice to be able to build something and say i did this all on my own or with friends and we made this like really awesome work of art together and now we can do all these fun skits and just get all of our creative energy out and share it with the world the the way to think about it and i really yeah i totally agree that you know being able to to bring something like that the creative energy that oftentimes is lacking at work for one reason or another from the standpoint that you don't always have control over the outcome or the output and it can take like you said it it can be a pretty long road for a project to get completed rachel where can we find you and how can we support you online you can find me on instagram and tiktok at marvelous rachel and on my Instagram, I have a link tree in my bio and I have a Kofi, Amazon wish list, other ways to donate to other charities, donating to other people or donating to me is all helpful to me and great. Um, and I really appreciate all the support. Yes. And definitely be sure to like, follow and support Rachel online. She does so many amazing things. She is such a strong member of the cosplay community. I encourage you to find her and at least drop a like. Certainly support her where you can find her and there will be links in the descriptions. So that is all we have for today, everyone. Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for for the time that you've spent and for taking the time and for moving your schedule around. You're a very busy person. So um, it was just great um, that I was able to reach out and that we could have a little bit of time to talk about just some of the amazing things that you've done with cosplay and just in general. So thank Thank you you so much. This was very fun and it was a really awesome time to speak to you. And I can't wait to see the show. Hello everybody, this is the Heroes of Cosplay Sanctuary Podcast. Daddy D saying bye-bye.